1: It's not Mike Abadir, but this is the Mike Abadir Show, and it seems like Pop DiBiase's home alone. Well, I got the studio, uh, my studio engineer with me and the director, and producer, all that good stuff, but Mike's a little under the weather today, so I'll be taking over the solo for the day and everything like that, but... Hopefully, everybody's good to go here in the sports world after some great games that have came up during this week. Also, we had a great weekend last weekend when it comes down to uh, the Kentucky Derby. We can go ahead and start right there because we did talk about the Kentucky Derby last week, and we were able to crown a brand-new champion at the Kentucky Derby. Well, it's going to be a brand-new champion every year, but we were able to get... Home a pretty big number there. I think it was a 15 to 1 that actually cashed out. And actually, the exacta was, I think, $301 for the $2 exacta. So if you were looking to make some money at the Kentucky Derby and you picked right, well you made some money at the uh, Derby. Uh, Mage was a absolute phenomenal uh, story as well too. This was uh, all Venezuela uh, connection as well. Um, you had the trainer. Who is a trainer that was a very low key guy that wasn't isn't one of those trainers that has 100 horses or things like that? And then you have the legendary Javier Castellano. Javier Castellano, a few years back, was like literally the top rider in the world. And then he hurt his hip, he caught Covet, and he just wasn't the same for a very For for it's almost like we didn't he wasn't even racing anymore. Um, He wasn't getting any of the top horses that he usually used to get um, from the Pletcher's and the Asmunsens of the world. But then he was able to jump on Mage, Mage a horse that he had somewhat of a personal relationship with because he's very close with the trainer as well too. They were able to make another great story over at the uh, Churchill Downs, man. And that's exactly what it's all about. So Mage looks like a, a horse that um, could possibly win the Triple Crown, but we all have seen how tough the Triple Crown truly is. And uh, American Pharaoh and Justified were some incredible horses, and we haven't really seen horses like that. In the last decade or so, we had the California Chromes of the World. We had Nyquist, who seemed like he was gonna be a big hitter, but you know, he fell short at the preakness. Um, so you know, horse racing is entered a very, very down point, in my opinion. I think that the Kentucky Derby still was a a, a great event, but I saw videos out there that were very nasty and toxic. I saw fights and I saw people just drunk and really not knowing what they were doing out there. They just wanted to be a part of the event because they've always seen all these famous people having a good time sipping on uh, mint juleps or, and all that good stuff and you know, just enjoying the day, but it's really about the j- tradition of the races. And I think that if we educate a little bit more on the races, you'll probably get a lot of young people that are going to be interested in races that are just uh, Kentucky Derby. But I really did feel that, you know, there were some things that they did very well this year. And there's some things that they still need to uh, pick up on, but it seemed like it was an event for the rich. And I think that's, a, that's kind of setting a bad, Bad president, a little bit about the future of horse racing. This isn't the 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 big betters didn't make the game what it is today. It's the little betters. I always call Santa Anita. The, the bottom floor of Santa Anita. I call it the We call it the dungeon. If you really know uh, horse racing and you've been to Santa Anita, everybody knows where the dungeon is. The dungeon is pretty much the bed and, is the betting parlor. It, it, I say it's the room that's downstairs, but that's because you have to walk down some steps. But it's right outside the paddock. It's the paddock room. So pretty much that's where the core bettors are at. And these people are older gentlemen and older women. And they're not betting... on a one to two horse. These people are going in there, you know, uh, two across the board on the, on this horse. Then I'm going to play my birthday right here and all that stuff. These people are the lifeblood of the sport. So never sell it to just rich people. You have to sell it to everybody. You sell in a dream. You can come to the racetrack, put up $10 and walk off with a thousand bucks. If you play, if you play it right. You know, or you can walk off with minus $10 at the uh, racetrack. So pretty much I feel like there's a lot of things that horse racing has to do to keep itself relevant. Because at this point in time, horse racing is not in the the best state. Because the highlight that most people had was horses dying. They talked about seven horses dying in two days. Two horses died on the undercard of the – if you say the undercard, I just it just sounds silly to me. It's not an undercard. It's a race day, and what happens on race day is there can be some tragedies, and that's a part of the game. Guys get hurt on basketball courts, football courts, baseball diamonds, but with the horse, the horse actually, if it's a catastrophic injury, there is no choice. The horse has to, the, the, they're going to have to euthanize the horse. And it's sad and it's very, and it's a very gut wrenching situation because the connections, the jockey, the trainer, everybody involved with that horse is going to feel that. So it's not like they're just running horses out there. Everybody feels it. I've seen trainers literally. When their horses have fallen down on the track. Horse monitor, horse wasn't even that hurt. The horse just fell down on the track. The I swear I saw uh I think it was Papa Dromo, he did a 4-4 four, four flat to get to his horse. Literally. So never think that they're just using them as you know, as just flesh and just a, a, a stock. You know, this is this is this means a lot to them as well, too. And also in other news. Another black eye to the game happens because Forte was seen as the favorite for this race. And Forte was actually scratched on race day, hours before the race. And it was because, oh, he had some little foot issues, things of that nature. No, it was because they had a pending investigation going on with NIRRA. And what wound up happening is there was a stakes race that was over at, I think, Belmont or Aqueduct in the fall that involved uh, Forte, and Forte won this race. But Forte was popped for being, you know, drugged up. And that's pretty much, you know, another black eye on the on the game because it's another top trainer being caught with pretty much your pants down. But is Pletcher the only one doing it? No, he is not. Baffert, no, he is not. I'm going to keep it real with you guys as an insider on a lot of this stuff in sports. And I know that this might not even go over well, but everybody has something that's enhancing them, their, their product, their horse, their, their athlete to win in sports. You know, all these great stories and all these great moments and things that people are, are talking about, it's all theater. But it takes a lot, and you have to do certain things to stay at the top. And with the Forte situation, it's another great horse that they had to put a little bit more on so they could get the horse over the top. And that's absolutely a terrible idea with a two-year-old. That's literally injecting a baby with, you know, steroids. You know what I mean? Or some type of HGH situation. That's like me putting that in a 10-year-old. So that's where I have my problem at is because you have to just let those horses run and figure out if they're going to be a great horse later on down the road. Because literally, you shouldn't be running them at two anyway because they don't have the capability yet to really be a thorough racehorse, a thoroughbred. So I really truly feel that Todd Fletcher was just on the list of top trainers that they're trying to just catch up. They got Baffert. They got Navarro. They got, I'm just trying to think of others. They got Linda Rice as well, too. Linda Rice was one of the top trainers in New York. You haven't heard about anything with Linda Rice the last few years because she's been suspended. So there's just a lot of, uh, of red tape around horse racing right now. And it's just going to get worse. It's not going to get better. And I just really think that a lot of us just have to really enjoy the days that we still have horse racing around and able to wager on horse racing. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. But in the world we live in now with the animals and everything like that in place, they're going to make it a big, big touchy subject. Because everything is PC. Everything is outrage. Everything is about being woke. But these horses have been running for the last 200 years, and they've been dying on racetracks for the last 200 years. You know, they actually do them a great favor with doing the euthanization with the shot and things like that. They used to just go ahead and just kill them right there with a shotgun on the track. So we have came a long way in the way that we handle that situation as well, too. But I could talk about horse racing all day. And we got too much to talk about. So I'm not going to sit here and just stay on that all day. We're going to move. uh, We're going to, as they like to say, switch up gears a little bit. Let's go ahead and jump into this uh, NFL schedule uh, release uh, real quick before we go on to our first break in the next uh, few minutes. So pretty much we have ourselves a day where it feels like the first day of I would say the first day of school, in a sense, where you don't start school, but you get your schedule and you get an idea of what school's going to be about. And that's exactly what the NFL regular season schedule reminds me of. The only thing that I have right now is that why can't you guys just release the damn schedule like we used to do 10 years ago? We didn't need to have a show. We didn't need to have a production. We didn't need to have little videos. We didn't need to have any of that. All you are doing is giving us a schedule and letting us know exactly where games are going to be at and make sure that we know exactly what games that, A, possibly I might go uh, watch in person, games that I might need to make my schedule around as well, too. But at the end of the day, it's really not that important until you get to August. Like, you'll look at the schedule today and say, okay, this is our schedule. But you're not going to memorize the schedule until you start getting the fantasy football and you get the preseason and things of that nature. So I just feel like the NFL, once again, the big old diva it is, the big old, look at me now, look at what I'm doing, is doing it again. We just got done with the NFL draft, and here you go again needing some more attention. It's literally like your season ended in January, but you're still eating up all the headlines in sports, and we're not even playing football games right now. That's how big and that's how kind of obsessed people are with the NFL at this point. And I think that that is a very – that's a recipe for failure because I don't know if you want to keep – putting it in people's faces as much as you are. You don't want to oversaturate your brand. We love the NFL, but some of us are growing tired of the constant, you know, the constant pettiness of the NFL, the constant, you know, agendas in the NFL, the constant just, you know, nothing stories. You know what I mean? So pretty much I feel like we need to start really worrying more about what's going on on the field. The schedule is one thing. The schedule is going to be helpful for a guy like me because, you know, I deal with the betting world and things like that. You know, my show is the premier sports betting show, the primetime angle. So, you know, I talk about it on a daily basis, uh, sports uh, talking about betting and props and things of that nature. And then we also have the NFL betting exchange with me and uh, Jeff Dawson. So pretty much um, I have shows where I do need to know exactly what's going on with the schedule so then we can go ahead and make uh picks that, that are 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 according or that match up very well for our notes on the line. So, you know, you have that that situation. You have that, you know? So pretty much I think that today is a funny day. I think a lot of people are gonna be very excited about it, but I really feel like they're kind of in the way of what's going on uh with actual live sports today we got great baseball games going on tonight with three of them we got ourselves um uh two of them actually because we got one going right now and then we have ourselves two premier game sixes as well too between some of the biggest stars in the nba you know you got joe allen the mvp you got tatum tonight you got uh Jokic two-time mvp and then you got booker and kd as well too this is a a, a star-packed uh night of basketball but here comes the nfl with their little schedule release and then they go ahead and they take half the attention off of what we should actually be paying attention to so it's funny to me that something that used to be so minimal so little has became such a big big story a big event because literally they were they couldn't even hold themselves back they were already leaking games they already gave us all the monday night football sunday night football thursday night football games so literally they weren't giving us any time to really go ahead and really be surprised about the schedule they've already leaked you know the games that they feel are going to be top matchups and things like that that aren't even on primetime television but one thing about this that makes the nfl very very um a very new frontier in a sense with this is that we don't have the regular schedule anymore of how the TV networks work. Since we have so many networks involved buying football games and everything now, CBS will not be, um, I would say CBS will not be attached at the hip with the AFC. Fox won't be attached at the hip with the NFC. And this is very, very new. You know what I mean? I know they've been buying games for the last few years and everything like that, but this is a very new uh, idea because they literally said that whoever buys the game, it's your game. So ABC can buy the game. uh, I think NBC can buy the game. These are Sunday day games. You know what I mean? Well, NBC, they have the special contract with the Sunday night football, and I think ABC Monday night football. But you get my point. There's going to be – Prime's going to be able to buy games on Sundays. But Prime, in a sense, is is kind of in a situation right now where they can only buy bad games. But with that, we can talk about this all day, but it's not NFL season right now. So pretty much, I'm going to go ahead and put the kebab in this topic. Me and Mike can talk a little bit more about it next week when he comes on to the show. I know we'll have some Raider conversation and everything like that, looking at that schedule and looking at their wins. But with that, I'm getting the notes, I'm getting the signal right now that we do have to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When I get back, we're gonna jump into this NBA playoff and break it all the way down. So you guys make sure you stay tuned and don't miss out on that. And also I'll be talking lakers as well too. So we'll be right back in a few moments.
0: This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Mike Now, back to this week's program.
1: All right, we are back with the Mike Abadir Show, and this is Pop DBI, the primetime capper. And um, you guys already know, um, if you guys want to go ahead and find me, you know, if you guys aren't that familiar, because, you know, I've been doing Mike's show for about the last, I guess, three or four or five months or so. But, you know, I was always a guest maybe once or twice a month as well, too. But if you are now just getting used to me and you want to see where... You can watch my daily show at, you guys can go ahead and watch that show um, daily on the Twitter and on my YouTube, Prime Wave Media, and you guys can go ahead and watch the Primetime Angles, the premier sports betting show. That's where you guys can find me Monday through Friday. It is live as well, too, but you can watch it on the replay as well, too. I know everybody is might be working or something at 1 o'clock Pacific time, but Uh, But if you guys do need those angles, you guys need those dog bets of the day and everything like that, it is available on there. And to become an exclusive client, you guys can hit me up on the Twitter at PopDibiase, become a part of the uh, Primetime Sports Investors as well too on my daily exclusive bets exclusively for these clients and subscribers that are You know, involved in with the movement, the wavement, as I like to say. So, you know, pretty much I just wanted to throw that out there before we move on to the next topic. And it's going to be a great topic that I'm moving on to because it's very relevant to what we're what's going down tonight. And I know that this show gets listened to a lot on the weekend as well, too. But, you know, it might be after the fact or something like that. But we got some great basketball games coming up tonight. And uh, let's go get into last night's games real quick. For Game 5 in New York, that was an absolute epic performance from the Knicks last night. You had 38 points from Brunson last night. You had 24 from uh, Barrett last night. You got 20 from... um, Randall last night. I want to make sure that I got all those right. Actually, did do I got all those right? I don't. I, I let me double check the exact stats for that. But that was a hell of a game last night, and it really came down to the grit and grind of the Knicks last night to win that game. Now, you know, Jalen Brunson has been playing the game with so much ease and let me take that back we had rj barrett with 24 i mean rj barrett had 26 julius randall had 24 points last night brunson had 38 they supplied 88 of the 112 points that they scored last night and that's absolutely incredible but they need to get a little bit more from the rest of the crew as well too but they had to have One of those games last night, Quentin Grimes played all 48 minutes. Jalen Brunson played all 48 minutes last night. Julius Randle played 35. Barrett played 38. These guys were all exceptional last night. But the biggest takeaway that I had with the Knicks last night was the 50 rebounds that they had to uh, get this win last night. And they had 18 turnovers, too, as well. You know, and that's crazy. They, 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 they... gave up the ball 18 times and still were able to win this game by nine points. You, you really don't get to get away with that, but you do get to get away with that when you're able to hit, when you're able to get 50 rebounds in a game. And the main thing that really kept the Knicks in the game, and the Lakers have been pretty much called out for this um, for literally in every win that they've had in this series with the Warriors, and we'll get there in a moment. But they shot 40 free throws last night, the Knicks, and they made 29 of them and still won this game. That's what's crazy to me. But they shot 40 compared to the 19 that the Heat shot last night. And I'm going to keep it real with you guys. The Heat shot, shot most of those free throws in the first half last night. So was it the defense last night or was it the refs? I would say it was the Knicks' defense because the Knicks did have points in the game where they just froze out the heat. They did a great job of taking care of their business last night and getting themselves a must-win, and that's exactly what happens when you need, need need a game, you need an effort like this one. But the Knicks made enough mistakes to lose the game last night But the grit and the grind kept them exactly where they needed to be. Now they're headed back to Miami tomorrow night for a very good, interesting matchup with the Heat. The Heat will be the favorite in this game as well, too. But I have this belief. I believe in the team from from 32nd Street. And – I think that the Knicks go ahead and win that game tomorrow night. And I've already went ahead and I talked about that on my show today. And I said that I feel like we'll be back at the Garden. Now, I thought it was Sunday, but it looks like it's going to be a Monday night game seven. So it looks like we'll be back at the Garden Monday night. So hopefully if the Knicks do win tomorrow night and we get to the Garden Monday night, there is no partying going on in Miami because that that means they get an extra day off. So that means if you beat Miami, you get your butt back on that plane and you go to wherever isolated Long Island house that you live at and you chill there until Monday morning. So you don't have to deal with the headache and the, the party lifestyle and everybody trying to hang out with you. Because I'm telling you for about I'm telling you the reason why the New York Knicks have not been good over the last uh, twenty some. Well, literally since the uh, late early seventies is because a lot of those guys are New Yorkers first and athletes second. And when I say a New Yorker first and athlete second, it means that you'll be in the lifestyle, the night, the, the, the life, the nightlife, the day life, the famous life of New York City and forget exactly why you are in New York City. So hopefully these guys do not get wrapped up in that because they don't have enough star power. In my opinion, Julius Randle is the big star of the team. Brunson is taking over as the 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 man on the team, but it feels like they got a lot of Anthony Masons and a lot of John Starks on this team. They don't have the Patrick Ewings of the world here, you know what I mean? Uh, so pretty much, uh, this is a gritty, grimy squad, and you got to love it. This is a, exactly how you want the New York Knicks to be. And you know what? I feel like they're going to make it a very ugly game with. Uh, Miami Heat team that really does live and die off of Jimmy Butler. Yesterday they had five guys in um, double figures, but nobody scored over twenty. Nobody scored twenty points. It was Jimmy had nineteen, and that was then. You got what? I think eighteen from you got eighteen from Bam, and then you got seventeen off the bench, you got seventeen from Struess, who's a shooter. And then Lowry didn't do much coming off the bench last night. So there's just a lot of things that work out in the favor of the Knicks, in my opinion, because everybody has this idea that the Heat already got it made. The Heat are one of the more inconsistent teams in the NBA. They just came into the play. They just were able to get a matchup that was favorable to them. And Giannis got hurt. Think about that. And Jimmy Butler had two of the the greatest playoff games back-to-back anybody could ever ask for. So there was a lot of great things that happened in that. But I feel like the way that the Heat season has went, they'll have a good little run, but then they'll catch an L like the one they did last night and lose consecutive games in a row. And I really, truly feel like the Knicks are going to really – Channel that spirit from the year 2000 and find themselves in the mix. Well, the year 1999, when I think about it now, the year that they went to the uh the, the year that they went to the finals. So I'm not saying they go to the finals, but this team kind of has that same energy to them. So we'll see how it goes in Miami tomorrow night. Now, the main event of the second round of the playoffs, the Warriors and the Lakers, has now turned. To Los Angeles for Game Six last night, the Lakers pretty much got ran off the floor um, in the second half. Uh, pretty much, the Lakers did keep it close, but the Lakers kept it much closer in the first half. But that late that late sixteen to five run to close out the second quarter pretty much was the the end all be all of the game. So the Lakers last night kind of ran into a bit of an issue with um, AD getting um hitting the head and having to go out the game he got hit in his square in his temple so he was pretty dizzy he didn't know where he was at he was already exhausted as is so him being dizzy not knowing where he's at not you know not being able to really be able to function it was okay that he was checked out the game and pretty much the lakers Might have have won the game if that didn't occur because the Lakers were making some pretty good runs and it felt like the Warriors were slowing down. And the Lakers had tightened up the defense in the second half as well, too. They won't mention that because the Lakers only gave up 51 points in the second half compared to the 70 that they gave up in the first half. And I think that they would have gave up less if AD was able to stay in the game for a little bit longer. So I felt like last night's game was a true, 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 you know, gimme game for the Warriors. Everybody in their mama knew that the Warriors was going to win game five. They weren't going to just sit there and lay down at home after all these years of winning championships and all that good stuff. And after, you know, being beat beat by 30 by the Lakers on Saturday, then coming back around losing the close game Monday night, um, you know, they weren't going to lay down for the Lakers because this, Is was a matchup that had been brewing for years, and it has a lot of uh, of character to it because it was LeBron who was involved in it. In the beginning, you see, we still had it kobe who was old at the point but you really would have wished that you would have been able to see kobe go at curry and clay and kind of have a passing of the torch situation but i always feel like the passing of the torch situation was when kobe tore his achilles in the game versus the warriors and literally the the powers of the lakers shifted over to the warriors at that point point. and i think that the lakers know that it's been a journey to get back to being relevant and being back on top and the perfect team for the Lakers to get back their or is to beat the Golden State Warriors. So honestly, I've never wanted to beat a team so badly in a series and I don't want to be Homer J Simpson right now, but this series is, is as Michael Jordan liked to say in the last dance, this one's personal, man. It truly is. It truly is personal. And I think that, this one right here is going to be very sweet if the Lakers can pull off the uh, win tomorrow night, especially for LeBron James, because then it shows that, yeah, Steph, you needed, uh, you really, truly needed KD to beat me. And if we go ahead and use the record of without KD, and it's just me and you going head to head, then I'm 2-1. And, and so you don't own me as much as you think you do. But I think at the end of the day, it's not about LeBron and Curry's little rivalry matchup, whatever they're gassing up. It's about the two most watchable teams in the NBA going head up a round too early, in my opinion. And I think that this will wind up being exactly how a lot of people saw it after game 4 lakers and 6 but i thought it was lakers and 6 as soon as we started the series because as i said the lakers just need to steal one home game i mean one road game either game 1 or game 2 they did that they so they took game 1 then they came back they won the won their home games now it's up to the Lakers to go ahead and finish the job and win just another home game. That's the mentality that you have to have in these playoffs, is that I'm going to take care of my business at home. It don't matter. I'm going to take care of my business at home. On the road, we know it's going to be tough. But as long as we still win, we're good. If I know that I got the three three road games in the series – I know that I need to win those three uh, the, those the three home games in the series, I mean. I know that I need to win those three home games. If you're a player, if you're a coach, you need to win those because like they say, series don't start till somebody wins one on the road. And that's why we're running into the situation that we're kind of running into into the game that's going down tonight in Phoenix where you have everybody with the idea that you have um you know, pretty much that Phoenix should be good to go because they've won all their home games. But this is the moment where Denver knows that they got to steal this road game tonight. But we're going to get more into that after this uh, commercial break. I'm going to finish up on the Lakers and the Warriors and the impact that this series has had throughout the whole league because it's made every other playoff series that much more watchable and that much better. And I think having the New York Knicks here, having the Philadelphia 76 ers here, having the Boston Celtics here, having the golden state warriors here, the Los Angeles Lakers here, the Phoenix suns and the nuggets who are, we could say, was somewhat of a staple of the of the wild, wild west. You know, regardless of what anybody says, we all know that Phoenix and Denver have had some, some good years. They might have not have won championships, but they've had some pretty good years, and they've been consistent playoff teams in the Western Conference, and they got great fan bases. But this is a great group of eight. This is a great elite eight. You know, this is a true elite eight, in my opinion. I think that we were blessed with, the Knicks and the Heat being able to to get those upsets in the first round. The Knicks really weren't an upset because the Cavs kind of were are a team that is still trying to figure it out, and the Heat just know the Bucks better than the Bucks. And I feel like the Bucks kind of had a melt a team meltdown within that series because their coach literally was going through an actual family emergency but he couldn't tend to it because he was coaching the team and i think that r- literally they just had some type of uh conflict or some type of uh a uh, disagreement that got him fired it wasn't just we're gonna fire the coach he won a championship in 2021 why would you fire a coach two years removed from winning a championship It makes no sense even if he loses in the first round so There's a lot more to that situation. But closing up with the Warriors and the Lakers, Friday night is a big moment for the Lakers. Just hopefully they don't put too much pressure on themselves. That's the key. Keep doing what you're doing. Lock it up on the defensive end and tell yourself that, as long as we take care of our business tonight, we'll be all right. And I think that the Lakers do go ahead and take care of their business tomorrow night, but the NBA would love for them to play a game seven on Sunday on Mother's Day. But I truly do think that we will get a game seven for sure on Sunday Sunday. It might not be the three that they got scheduled, but we're definitely going to get one of them. And that one is going to be the Celtics and the 76ers, in my opinion. But all in all, Warriors-Lakers, we look forward to it tomorrow night. It was a a game that pretty much, if you would have went to the window, you could have said, give me nine and a half on the Warriors, bumped up your bet to about a plus 180 last night, and you would have been good, you know, because you got a 16-point, you got a... Yeah, you got a 16-point win there. So, hey, it is what it is. But with that, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk some more uh, playoffs when we do get back. And um, we'll be talking tonight's games when we get back. And then we'll go ahead and we'll finish up talking uh, some quick baseball. So, you guys, stay tuned. I'll be right back to you. This is the Mike Abadir Show, hosted today by the one and only Pop Dibiase, the Time capper.
2: Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot, Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America digital network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot, Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice access all the time this is the mike
0: abadier show if you want to call in today we can be reached at one 472 5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or send an email to mike at the mike show.com now back to this week's program
1: all right, we are back with the Mike Abadir Show, and filling in as the host today, the host, the analyst, the 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 uh, better, the everything today on the Mike Abadir Show. Your boy, the one and only Pop Dvib, Prime Time Capper. So. Uh, We are talking NBA playoffs. Let's go ahead and talk about tonight's game. Up first is the game that's actually going on right now as we speak, and that's going to be the Celtics and the 76ers. Um, This is is an age-old rivalry in the NBA, one of the oldest rivalries in the NBA. This goes all the way back to the days of Wilt versus Bill. Wilt versus Russell. Wilt versus the Celtics. Literally. One versus five. Seriously. And it seems like those days have kind of returned because the Will Chamberlain of the Sixers now is a guy named Joel Embiid, fresh off of an MVP, and he's fresh off of a 33-point game that saw his team actually take the lead in this series, and they got the chance to go ahead and finish this series tonight as well too because they went ahead and believed in themselves when nobody else did. And so pretty much the whole world was on Boston to win that game and the Sixers wound up shocking the system a little bit. I was not surprised by that because that's why I took the Sixers with a plus seven and a half in that game because I knew that the Sixers were going to come with their best shot because they can't trust themselves at home at down three to two. So what what did they do? They gave themselves a chance. They gave themselves two more games. It's that simple. I think that, with the presence of Harden having a really good shoot night. Yeah, he only scored 17, but he was very consistent on how he made his shots in that game, and he was able to go ahead and make some magic happen in that spot, and he was able to get 17 points to 11 assists. That directed and engineered the whole show. So there's a lot of things working out in Philly's favor going into this game. Philly, I said this all season, Philly's the one of the more consistent teams in the NBA, and they had title team written all over all over them. For a moment there, for a while, I felt like the top three teams in the East were actually whoever wins the East is the title is it wins the title. And I feel like this is the year for the 76ers to turn that corner somewhat. And this is the greatest spot to get a big win at against a Boston Celtics team. Who's beaten you the last few years to get to, to advance in the playoffs. They beat them in the bubble and they beat them last season to get to the conference finals as well too. So now we're sitting here and we're in the same round in the same situation, literally the same seedings And now it's your opportunity to go ahead and right those wrongs from the last few years. But the Boston Celtics have the best duo in basketball when it comes to Brown and Tatum. And I feel like Brown and Tatum, those guys, sometimes they need motivation. And I think think Tuesday night's game was big motivation for these guys going into tonight's game and going into the rest of the series. They know that their time with each other is short. Because I have a strong source letting, telling me that Jalen Brown is on the way out of Boston. It's nothing to it yet until it's done. But from what I'm hearing right now, that his days in Boston are pretty much numbered because he's a little fed up with the city as a whole from what I'm hearing. So pretty much um, he is probably on He good chance. That he's, on, that he's in his final games with the Celtics, and that's not a bad look. So that would make him probably the top free agent prospect going into uh, next season. So what he has to do right now is he still has to show and prove. So I feel like the Celtics tonight, if they love playing with each other and love playing for each other, they'll go ahead and get this win tonight and move forward into Game 7 Sunday afternoon in a wild Mother's Day affair against their arch rival, the Philadelphia 76ers. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it shakes out. Another great game tonight. The 76ers are actually the um, home dog tonight as well, too. And let me go ahead and give you my bets for tonight. I actually have the Celtics winning this game with the minus 140 on this spot. Also, in on oh, for the halftime, I have this um, actually – um, I have this game. I'm I'm getting all the I'm getting it all now for you guys. But I actually have this uh, going over 105 in the first half as well too. And then I'm giving the uh, Sixers a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and putting them at a half a point plus. So just to, so if the first quarter is tied or they're up one or two points, we can go ahead and cast that ticket. And then I got the Celtics going over 108 points tonight on the team total. So those are my bets tonight: four game six the 76ers. And I know it might be a little late for the people who are listening to me live, but you can take Boston on the live bet, but if you watched uh, the primetime angles earlier and you follow my Twitter, you didn't miss anything. So, um, let's get into it. You guys all know that Voice America is the 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 big station. The actual sitting station is in Phoenix. Downtown Phoenix, to be exact. So I'm actually doing local stuff now when I talk about their beloved Phoenix Suns going against the number one seed Denver Nuggets tonight, who are on the brink of eliminating the Suns as well, too. One thing I can say, if we were to give out the playoff MVP and it didn't matter what time you got put out the playoffs, Devin Booker would be the winner of that award because Devin Booker is having a shooting clinic right now. Clinic. This guy is unreal the way that he's playing basketball right now. Um, 47 game three 36 game four and literally he put his stamp on who might be the greatest son of all time. Now Steve Nash does have two MVP awards and Charles Barkley has an MVP award as well too. And I don't know if Devin is as popular as those guys are in the Valley of the Sun, but he's getting there. And By getting KD, he might have his greatest teammate ever. And I think KD, believe it or not, I know it sounds a little crazy right now, he may have his best teammate ever because they really play off each other so well in uh, the dynamic of how well they can shoot and their IQs of the game. And I just think that they probably haven't had enough time together. Now, if you do give them enough time next year, And you move off of Chris Paul like I really would like to see them do and try to get some assets in that situation, which possibly won't happen because he'll probably retire more than anything. But if you can figure out a way to get some assets, possibly DeAndre Ayton, who's going to be out tonight with a a rib contusion, then I think that you might be talking about something uh, as a championship contender next season. But they'll be a popular team for guys to go to in the uh, summertime. They were already getting excited about uh, Phoenix when KB went there. So there's a lot of bright things for the Suns' future. And I say this because I honestly think tonight, with the way that the Nuggets have handled them in series, the series, the Suns need that third score. Yeah, you can get 70 to 80 points combined from Durant and Booker, but it won't be enough. You got to get the other guy, you got to get somebody else to score 16, 17 points or better, like they did in game four when they had campaign score 19 points in that spot. Well, actually not campaign, but Shamit scored uh, 19 in that spot. I just think that the Nuggets can withstand the Booker KD on spot of scoring. As long as they lock up everybody else they don't have any problems beating the Suns because the Suns are not that good of a defensive team at this point. They were a good defensive team when they have Chris Paul out there. But right now they're not looking that great on defense, even though they did have some moments in the playoffs where they locked it up pretty nicely. But I really feel like Denver is a team that's kind of been disrespected all season. And they probably been one of the, they probably been the shining light of the NBA They're probably the one team that you can say hadn't went on a five-game losing streak all season. Um, So I truly do feel like the team that has the most depth and the most overall talent on their team, pretty much point blank, getting guided by a seven-footer, they win tonight. And I know this is going to probably irritate my engineer, my director, producer, but I think that the... Nuggets actually beat it by 10 points or better. And I say this because my game six bets go a little something like this. I like the under 226.5 as the best bet of the game. I like the Nuggets first half plus 120 money line. Then I like the Nuggets in the first quarter plus one first quarter. So that means if we got a tie, I get the I cast the ticket. And then I'm going to go ahead and mess y'all up real quick. I have the... Minus five and a half nuggets, alternate line, plus 220 tonight. That's how confident I am in a nuggets win. So, hopefully, it works against me, and all my Phoenix people that I love so much can go ahead and enjoy a win tonight. But I I honestly feel like guys just start getting ready for next year because you guys have yourself, you guys can be a very intriguing factor in the West. So, real quick, I only got a few more minutes left to go in here. I got to sneak in some baseball. It wouldn't be right if I didn't sneak in some baseball because, you know, I talk baseball daily. Today, the dog of the day is actually the Oakland Athletics, a team that's actually me and Mike are going to talk about this. I want Mike to be here so we can talk about this a little bit more. But the A's have confirmed. Well, the A's have reached a deal with the Bally's Corporation who owns the Tropicana Hotel and Casino over on Tropicana of all streets, Tropicana in Las Vegas Boulevard, right there on the corner across the street from Excalibur, if you don't know what I'm... Well, if you've been to Vegas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's right now across the street from MGM. But they went ahead in an principal deal of $1.5 billion to tear down that uh, venue and make their baseball stadium and only use $359 million of the state's money. And once again, the state of Nevada has already said that they're not paying for another pro sports team. So they're kind of in a little bit of a limbo. So I think that this is going to be a a great dance dance off that the A's are going to do for us for the next few years. I doubt very seriously that we're they'll they'll ever condemn the uh Tropicana and make it a baseball stadium. But Right now, there is hope for that to happen. The Dodgers have won their last um, 12 out of 15 games. They've won their last four series in a row, including yesterday, winning two out of three. And uh, pretty much Miguel Vargas is now uh, waking up a little bit. He's he's putting his hat in the ring. as possibly rookie of the year, but nobody's better than James Altman right now. Mike's Red Sox are absolutely crushing it right now, even though they're still in fourth place but they are in the toughest division in all of baseball. I say this because we got the Orioles and the Rays who are actually neck and neck for the best record in baseball. And the Orioles actually went ahead and took two out of three in the recent series that they just had in Baltimore as well, too. So my wild card dark horse pick is looking pretty good, y'all. So if you did take that 78 and a half on the Orioles, I know you feeling good and feeling great. So, you know, Pretty much we're winding down right now as we speak. I'm over here um, knowing that we only have a few more minutes left. We got about two more minutes left. So all in all, the Orioles have made some great strides. But the biggest thing is right now, the biggest story in the AL East is the Yankees being in last place. But I think that the Yankees being in last place is simply because the um, their pitching is not up to par yet, and they're not fully healthy. And pretty much, you know, you got uh, my Aaron Judge dealing with the hip issue. Uh, July, will they be in last place? I do not think so. But I don't have much more time left there. Or sit, They're sending out all the messages saying that, Pop, you need to wrap it up. So I got to stop yapping, and I got to go ahead and wrap it up. You know, I could go for the next – Day if if I need to so real quick if you are intrigued with the Boston Philly game they're up thirteen to three but all in all once again a great show I had to uh, I had to ride solo but hopefully Mike is good to go next week um, get better brother it's uh, and you know pretty much you, now you owe me got to be on uh primetime angles next week at some point so pretty much I want to thank. Um, everybody involved in today's show and uh, pretty much we'll be back next week at the same time. And as we always like to say, um, enjoy your sports week in America and we are out of here.